Night Campers. Welcome to the Camp Good Boy Podcast. Episode 88. Damn. That's a yeah. number. I've, I'm fond of that number because 88 was the year I felt like I started like remembering stuff because I was six. Oh, right. So I just have an affinity for the for 88. Yeah. Yeah. 80, <laughs> there were some memories were happening around 88. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I like got my first skateboard. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I was six and I feel like I was starting to have like, dr- like remembering your dreams more and like comprehending right. things a little bit hey, more. Hey, uh, by the way, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of dreams, uh, Scott, you were in my dream last night. Uh, I was visiting you in New York City. And we, I had, I had a, I had a car. I had uh, my mom's old Ford Explorer, and we went to Dorian's. And uh, you were like, "Oh, you can just park inside." And but Dorian's was in like the lobby of a of an office building. So I just drove into the office building and parked the car. And you were like texting all your friends, like laughing hysterically mm. that we were parked inside the building. Oh wow! And then, um, and then, but then they were obviously going to call the cops. But I was literally my defense was just my friend told me you could park inside the lobby here <laughs> and when i realized that wasn't gonna fly i actually got in my car and flew out of dorian's and it was like flying through manhattan and then i woke up like covered in sweat and like wow that's a cool dream yeah like 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 breathing like this like <gasps> <laughs> it's it like that's weird. like when lee marvin used to drive his motorcycle into shay that is hysterical yeah so what do you want to dissect that freud <laughs> Uh, let me, no, I mean, no, I don't know. There's so much to, like, there's so much to pull, pull apart To unpack. Um, I don't know where to start. I like the Ford, the Ford Explorer is, like, a great, that's, like, a, such a, like, 90s preppy car choice that I feel like would drive up to Dorian's. And everyone mm-hmm. would, like, get out and, you know, shuffle inside. Was it the Eddie Bauer edition? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was literally mom's car. Right, okay, yeah. That, uh, that I drove into a cow pasture the night I got my driver's license. Right, okay. Yeah. That was a good car. So, by the way, like, driving, um, driving, like, into a bar in a dream is, like, pretty, pretty on brand for what I was doing uh, in that yeah, car. Because right. <laughs> the day I got my driver's license, I was supposed to be doing community service for my confirmation. And, uh, I just, me and my buddies went to this cow pasture to go mudding. And uh, all the tires, all the all the tires popped. So we uh, had to go to a, or literally drove right to the mud. And as soon as we hit the mud, like there was no mudding, it just sunk. Dirting. Oh yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> sunk. So I had to go to a trailer park and uh, knock on the stranger's door to call my parents, who were non two plus. Wait, what did the what did the trailer park guy say? They were helpful. I mean, they were you know they were pretty helpful. They were probably cooking meth. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Wait, but wait, wait, wait. Say you were getting it was for your you were doing community service for your confirmation. Yeah, like, like a religious <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I was, and we ditched community service. Like this is how much of a piece of shit I was. Yeah, but the community First service is boring. You're getting trusted with the car, all right? On your on your. So it's like a big thing. It's like, oh, we're so proud of our son. He got his driver's license. Like, hey, son, we're gonna give you the keys to the car. Oh, that's so great. He's going to do his community service for his confirmation. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I was like, what's up? I was like, I got my like, I got my two buddies. I was yeah. like, let's get the fuck yeah, out of I here. Yeah, I just got Pearl Jam 10. <laughs> let's go wait, hit the wait, farm. No, I, so. I guess it was late 16, so it was my sophomore year of high school. Yeah, that, that's when I got. Com- yeah, yeah, I got confirmed then too. They yep. do. They do everything earlier in New York City where, uh, where <laughs> yeah, Scott right. grew up. Clearly, clearly. Well, no, yeah. not driver's license. Let me tell you, I didn't get my driver's license until I, I was like, I don't know, 23, maybe. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I and I also like I didn't learn how to drive drive until. Um, I was in California, like until I was living in LA, 
which yeah. is sort of like try, which is sort of like was like baptism by fire out here. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Like I'm, I, I never have gotten into a significant car wreck just learning to drive in LA. That's uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that, that was, and by the way, saying on brand isn't like my new thing, but uh, it's pretty on. It was pretty on brand for uh, the New York City kids in college to like kind of strangely proud, like wear as a badge of honor the fact that they didn't have a driver's license. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I don't mind. Oh, yeah, well, I was, I was, I was stoked. It was always like drive a car. What are you fucking crazy? Yeah, I live uh, I'm from New York. I'm from New I, York over here. <laughs> hey, man, I'm from New York. What am I kidding? What are you, what are you talking about here? You know that that's that's very on brand for New York kids. And you know the other on brand thing for New York kids at college is also being like, what? You're all still virgins? What the hell yeah. is wrong with you? No, oh, well, I that's the thing. That, like, yeah. you were probably New York. You were probably doing coke before you got your uh, <laughs> before you got con- your confirmation. Oh yeah, believe me. Well, actually, the crazy here's a crazy true story. So the bishop who confirmed me, like this is like New York urban legend. The bishop who confirmed me to the Catholic Church, he died of AIDS and was a crack addict. Wow! And the Catholic Shout out. Church like covered. <laughs> And the Catholic Church, like, covered this all up. And then, like, there was this huge expose where they were like, oh, my God, this bishop, who was actually a really cool guy. Now I understand why I liked him so much because, like, he was, you know, you know, doing heaters, uh, doing heat, like, in, you know, in between the sacraments. Uh, but, like... Well, like, what, 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 was he doing, like, was he fucking, like, altar boys that just got blood transfusions or something? Oh, God. No, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know. He was, he was, he, no, he was, a, he was like a really, I don't, I, re, I remember him fondly. If there is, if there are things, if there's a few things you can ever remember fondly from the Catholic Church, that would be one guy. Like, he, yeah. I remember he had like a, he was actually quite a dynamic person. And then he disappeared, and then years, and apparently he had died of cancer. Uh, but then years later, it was revealed that he had struggled with crack addiction. Ooh, and, my kind of priest. And, and, di- and died. And died. Of, and died of AIDS in like um, wow. in like some five story walk up in Harlem. Speaking of crack, you guys know. Um, I mean, I'm sure everybody's been watching the news as much as I have. And you can't. I mean, like all CNN, Fox News, all of them. Uh, the My Pillow commercials. Mike Lindell, right? I didn't realize he his whole story. Yeah, he was a problem. huge crack addict. What's his idea? What is my pillow? My it's just like a, a pillow that like conforms to your head. Okay, and he's like turning into a bedding up but he's like this a huge uh, Jesus freak too. And his book is Mike Lindell from Crack Addict to CEO. Um, I mean, it feels like a David O. Russell movie. Yeah, like, the, totally. You, know, I mean, you, really, but, you really have to. Stay- you really have to start somewhere, don't you? But I mean, I, 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 I know I've been at a bar in Arizona and like some tweakers like been like, man, I got this idea for this pillow. And like, just fucking you just lay on it. It's just like fucking made for you, dude. Like imagine that's, like sleeping on a cloud. That's but, so what it's called so too. Lindell, Mike Lindell was, he was still a crack addict when he started my pillow. So when, when he was getting the company yeah. started and like those earlier infomercials, like he was, he was totally on crack and then he found God. Okay. Um, I guess he bottomed out in Mexico, and um, yeah, he but, did. You know, uh, but I mean, like, but like a pillow that like forms to your head seems to be like the logical thing a crackhead would come up with. Because I can imagine he'd be like, "God damn it, I can't fall asleep! Yeah. I can't fall asleep! I want my pillow! I want my fucking pillow!" He's all jittery. <laughs> Wait, man! Oh, man! That's a crazy idea. What are you going to call that? It's called my pillow. Yeah, <laughs> my <crazy>. fucking pillow. <laughs> my just, pillow. You're all cracked up and. Let me get another St. rock. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Let me get another where's rock. My, no, where's my? Where's my crack? <laughs> where's my crack pipe? No, like, 
Well, no, like people, like people in the people in the know who remember him from like Under the Bridge. They're like, oh man, it's the my pillow. It's that fucking guy. He was always saying, "Get off my pillow." Yeah. Give it back to me. Chuck Lindell. Mike Lindell. Oh, Mike Lindell. Yeah. And um, wait, and then his my pillow commercials have been airing the past like year or two, right? Yeah, they've been out for for a minute. I mean, for I think longer than that, but uh, but like the early ones, I think he was still on crack. Wait, did you order his book? Uh, I'm, no, I'm getting it. Uh, I'm actually there's uh, no, I'm waiting for it. There no, there's a uh, audio book that he narrates coming out. I'm waiting on that one because I just think it'll be like oh, that'll be great. Yeah, no, you you like you get the pictures. He looks like he. He looks like he looks a, Tiger King. He, he looks, looks like, like a secret room guy too. Yeah, I, I mean both pictures. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is he's probably low key creepier now than he was when he was on. Crack. No, he does like it's it's. I almost trust the guy on the left more. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, like he shows that it's all uh, American made, and he's got his factory. I bet the factory is totally like that uh, laundromat front, and there's like uh, Heisenberg downstairs like <laughs> cooking up. He's got his old crack buddies. He's, fucking it's like he's up. been confirmed. Yeah, he's a big Jesus guy. Yeah. Wait, what was what was guy, confirmation? I have, it was just another way for a priest to seduce confused kids. Or was it a? It was like you get confirmed, and they're confirmed that you're old enough to not be molested. Yeah, it's like the equivalent. It's like the equivalent of like uh, your bar. It's like bar mitzvah for Catholics and Christians mm-hmm. without without like the star, without a Star Star Wars themed party afterwards. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> like, no, it's like it's no, no. It's literally like it's confirmed. You're like confirmed into the Catholic Church. It's like you're you become a man, basically. That's the whole idea. Or mm-hmm. I guess a woman. You're like the, you start making your own decisions within the church. Oh, okay, so you, got it. Yeah, you you can decide if you want to have sex with a priest or not. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Because exactly. you're yeah, you're a exactly. you're a sophomore exactly. in high school. You, that you shit's not. You, you graduate from. Graduate from uh, hand jobs to fellatio. Well, but you're a sophomore. You're a sophomore in high school. That shit's you're you're fucking aware. Yeah, but so the thing, but you know when you're not aware is when you do confession, which is when you're in like more like fourth grade, third grade, fourth grade. Yeah, no, then you don't. And now think about how they get a third grader in there to tell to confess their sins. Mm -hmm. Think about all now the playbook that this priest has to fucking work. Oh my work. God, yeah. It's like, okay, so I know what this kid's like weaknesses are. I know like what he's scared of. I know like how much control and power I have over him. Oh God, yeah. He knows yeah. all the bad things and, he's and done. When I look back on it and I think about it and you go into a, a room by yourself with the priest and then just start telling him all the dirty, nasty no, things. No, it's like a jack booth. It, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's totally like, it's like phone sex, but you're in the room <laughs> with these, pr- I mean, it's so mental. It's so funny. But that confirmation takes fucking forever. You gotta. It's like getting made. Yeah, like you got to go through all the like classes, community. You got to do all this shit. It's well, like, man, can't you just fucking? Can I just pick a saint's name? Yeah, and, like then I get confirmed. But I actually think it's another round of uh, vetting. I think they're like, oh, this is like a sixteen-year-old that I might be able to fuck if he's lost enough. If you're getting molested at sixteen, you. But I think at that point they're like they're they're working a different they're playing oh, a different yeah, game. True. Yeah, not, yeah, no. At that point, at sixteen, it, I it's, feel like it's the like, damage began when they were like eleven or twelve. So they've got some like misguided belief that it's like love or something like that. Yeah, like, he loves me. He loves me. It's totally okay. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, uh, the, this is about the Catholic Church, and I don't know if you guys heard, but there's yeah. a lot of molestation <laughs> that goes. On. Well, it's a, it's a it's a it's a rape it's a child rape cult. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. We we all know that now. And no, I mean, no, you, no, you, no, no, it's clear. It's clear. That's why, again, that's why it doesn't surprise. It doesn't surprise me that all. I mean, that isn't just. This isn't just reserved for the Catholic Church. It's like all forms of Christianity. That's right. why it doesn't surprise me that everyone's like. I mean, 
it, that's why I don't I don't understand why people are surprised that all these like religious people are like Trump is the greatest. Trump is sent by God. I'm like, yeah, of course you think that because you know that there was like uh, uh, Jane Doe who accused him of uh, raping her face when she was like 11 years old. Right. So it's completely uh, it's completely within. You know. He's one of them. I feel like don't trust well, don't trust a don't trust a priest that doesn't smoke. I right. feel like the priests that smoke don't molest kids. Yeah. They're like they're 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 like kind of hip to. They're like that's not for me. Right. They're, just, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're just, a little cooler. Yeah. They're like Father Karras and The Exorcist. Right. Like the ones yeah, that are yeah, actually. Yeah, well, but here, well, not only about priests who don't smoke, but just I just that sort of like, priests who smoke that sort of reminded me of like why I love like Clint Eastwood movies so much. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are these great scenes and like the best scene in Million Dollar Baby is like at the very beginning and he's talking to this priest and he's like irritating the priest with all his questions and finally the priest is like oh for fuck's sake yeah. and and then like you just have like a quick shot of Clint with like a smirk on his face and you're just like Clint knows everything <laughs> yeah that's true he knows the secret but I remember mm-hmm. like in The Exorcist like Father Karras is like he's like got that other priest that he's buddies with and they drink the Chevis Regal and like, they're, they're ripping heaters I was like these guys are kind of cool well, priests well they're like the they're the ones that actually believe in like God and, <laughs> and the devil and like exorcism and stuff like that I think they're they're kind of like the out they're like the weirdos the, yeah, they're like right. they didn't get the memo <laughs> yeah, right. that this or they is, got it and this they're is like, all just a front for, <laughs> not, not quite uh, my for pedophilia because I'm sorry you can't go to seminary school and like if you're not a, a, a pedophile uh, child rapist you're gonna be like wait a second what's these guys are all in on something they're all if you're not in on it they fail you they, I think they do I mean <laughs> right, I think yeah. they I think they weed you out they're like no this guy's this guy actually thinks we're here to do God's work <laughs> right. no no sir we are here to do the fucking devil's work I don't even know if it's the devil's work I think it's like I mean I think it's just a fucking it's, it's kind of the devil's it's work it's dirty work no no, no, dirty no they, work. they weed him they weed him out too because it's like if they're all like taking a vow of celibacy or something like they're all human beings they're all men mm-hmm. and so they're just like oh this guy has no like random perverted thought mm-hmm. like he's definitely not he's definitely not on the page yeah like um you know or they catch him jerking off to like uh you know, a poster of Elle McPherson or something like that. And they're like, ah, oh, no, this guy, he's out. Right, Sorry. right. No, I mean, because if you're... Was, if, it was, you're if, it's Macaulay, if it was Macaulay Culkin at Home Alone, yeah, we know he's one of us. They're like, but, why, uh, yeah, why do you need porno when you have altar boys right there? It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> altar hub? Yeah. <laughs> Their parents trust you. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Big time. They, the kids are completely lost. It's just like. I wonder if that's what led to, wait, was he, was Lindell, a, uh, was he, wait, was he religious as a kid? I think he found God through crack. Uh, oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. He, he was, that was, a, must have been good crack. He was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, he see, found God and, and an easier way to fall you're asleep. See a lot of, you're gonna see a lot of things when you're not sleeping. Uh, you know, sucking the glass dick under the bridge downtown. You know, it is. I mean, it, like, yeah. It's so true. It is ironic that he would invent something that's like the like the thing that crackheads do the least, which is sleep. Yeah, no, that is weird. Yeah. No, it's the one thing they need the most, though, ultimately, because it's like you're always so tired. I mean, like, especially when you come off, like, a three- or four-day heat bender, you're just like, oh, I just want to go to sleep, um, like, and nothing is comfortable enough. Right. So it's like a, it's a, logic, it's a logical invention, because I can imagine he's just spent 
days and weeks just not sleeping because you can't get a pillow that's comfortable enough. Yeah. Wait, Nick, what was it like growing up in in Manhattan during the crack epidemic of in the eighties? Like, was there? I mean, uh, actually, well, I, no, well, actually, that's actually that's like a funny story because I've been trying to explain it to my oldest kid. Hmm. Uh, my uh, these last couple of days because you know. Like at least once or twice a week, I try to get her on like a two or three mile like bike ride where we'll bike like really really far. Like uh, you know, we'll, we'll pick a destination. Like we'll go to like a re- we'll go to a restaurant that's doing curbside service, mm-hmm. and so like I'll call order ahead, and we'll jump on the bike and we'll go biking. And it's usually like you know, forty five minute bike bike ride like both ways. Lately, however, like she's just been really afraid of homeless people on the streets. Like, she's, like, worried worried about, like, the coronavirus. And in some parts of, like, the part of town we live in in L.A., uh, like, some some of the resident homeless people, uh, we have one that I've named Moody Blues and another guy (laughs) named Dancing in the Dark. Ah. And they've, they've, like, taken up, like, large swaths of the sidewalk. And then there's some randos who aren't part of, like, my crew in the neighborhood. And she's been really worried about that. Like, she's just, like, it just, it just irks her that there's, like, naked people who have set up, like, all their trash on, like, certain sections of the sidewalk. And and there's no foot traffic, and the cops aren't fucking with them right now in L.A. Mm-hmm. So I was telling her, I was like, no, but I was explaining to her, I was like, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, we'll bike around them, we'll bike in the street. Don't worry, it's not that crazy. And then she was telling me, like, I don't know why you're not scared. And I was like, because I grew up in New York. <laughs> yeah, in the 80s. In the, in the 80s, where, like, every day of, like, the, when I was growing up in the city in grade school, we were always told, like, when you get mugged, this is what you do. And a couple times, like, but my parents were divorced, so my mom was, like, a really high-strung uh, divorcee. And I just have, like, memory. Well, you know, I'll tell two quick stories. The first is, like, a friend of mine's dad was, like, a character right out of Bonfire of the Vanities. His car broke down in Harlem, and he got shot in the head for his watch. Mm. And uh, the dad survived. So, because for years, I was always like, why does, like, my friend's dad have, like, it, like a dent in his head? It was, like, one side of his forehead was, like, indented. And my dad took me aside, he's like, shh. Don't say that. He was shot in the head for his watch. Whoa, you know, whoa. Was uh, it like a regarding Henry situation? Did he like? <laughs> did he come back like a nicer guy, or uh, he was just a bigger prick? <laughs> no, yeah, he was. A, no, he, he, he was just. A, you know, he was. A, he, that was. A, it was a very odd family. Yeah. Uh, so he just came back, and he was a little bit weirder. But the other story was like, my mom was walking. My brother and I, uh, we were walking. It was on the Upper East Side on Park Avenue. And this dude zipped by on a bike, and he sh- and he put his hand between my mom's legs. Whoa! And right. like from behind, and like my mom like freaked out, and my brother and I were like, "Whoa, what just happened? Like, what what's between our mom's legs? Why would that guy do that?" And then he like biked a few feet in front of us, turned around, looked at my mom, and was like, "Your ass is too bony," and kept biking on. Whoa! And I remember, I was like, uh, and that was that was like a memory. Talk about core memories. I was like, God, you're bony ass like the mystery of what's between like anybody's legs not just like like a woman's let alone my mother's it was very like uh, it was like sort of seared in my mind and that's sort of like what New York was like in the 80s I think it's like kind of in in an interesting kind of a way 
like how New York, where New York is going. Like it was my mom's birthday yesterday, so we did a Zoom birthday for her, and she's like sheltering out in her place in Maine, and she's not. In oh, good call. It was a fun birthday party. She's never celebrated her birthday literally in almost thirty-five years, and we did this thing, and then she wrote me an email where she was like, maybe. You know, talking about selling the apartment in New York if the price has ever come back. So my mom and my mom is convinced that like New York, when this is all over, is going to take a step even further back and not be like the crazy crackhead '80s, more like the '70s. Yeah. My mom was like, "We're like, no one's going to be able to, like, no one's going to want to be there. The housing prices are going to be so depressed, and it's going to be like Travis Bickles and like all of like people sort of like trying to like, you know." Scratch by and scratch living, and my mom always tells the greatest story. The first apartment my mom and my dad purchased was an eleven-room apartment on Fifth Avenue, and they got it for fifty-five thousand dollars. Oh man! And like in the seventies, and now that now my mom told me like that apartment sold a couple years ago for like twenty-three million dollars. Well, the, well um, the first thing is uh, one. I'd like to award you the Camp Good Boy Father of the Week for. Uh, <laughs> Going around the city and giving with your daughter and giving pet names to homeless yeah, people. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a good. And that's a great. That'll be a great memory for her to when she starts talking about like daddy and me in school and what we do. We yeah, go right. and uh, call give homeless people names. Or the first time she ever hears a Moody Blue, Moody Blues song. Right. <laughs> yeah, nights and white. Like it's not nights and white sad. It's like like nights and filthy fucking. Uh, Pillows. Dirty cotton sheets. But um, number two, one of the first things that I said just jokingly was like, maybe COVID-19 will make Manhattan cool again. Yeah, really. And I, and, and uh, we were on the phone yesterday with our parents and people are talking about not wanting to go back to the New York City. And I mean, so I I, I, I'll definitely go get like a, go get a fucking like a big loft in Tribeca <laughs> for like, uh. you know, two grand. Fuck yeah. And then, <laughs> Number three, Phil, and we'll get into murder hornets because a murder hornet just flew into our dude, house while we're doing the... This fucking flies, massive. This is literally about to turn into that episode of Breaking Bad where they have to catch that fly. Oh, yeah, for sure. The but there's actually something, I don't know, there's something sweet about I can totally picture you and your daughter just walking around and like seeing Moody Blues. and. Oh, yeah. Who's hey, the, hey, Dancing in the Dark. Who's the other guy dancing in the dark? Dancing in the dark. Oh, dancing I love that. Dancing in the that. dark. There's another guy who looks like... Uh, there's another guy who looks like a pirate. We call him Captain Jack. Oh, nice. Um, That's great. And they, they probably don't even know uh, what their name is. I wonder so what like, they call you guys. <laughs> yeah, fresh meat. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, I, well, you know, look, I mean, I mean, you know, there's a homeless guy. There's a homeless guy in my neighborhood in New York who I grew up with, and his name is James. And he was like, this, I mean, again, if, if, if being homeless is, you know, he was like a homeless entrepreneur. Right. And he was like a genius um, in that he set up like right by the all boys Catholic school that I went to. We gave him, and he got money from everybody every day. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, um, he, uh, he still lives in my neighborhood. And the last time I was home, I was walking with my daughter and my wife and James came out, and he was like, hey, man. I'm like, James. And I gave him a big hug. Whoa. Much to the horror of my family. Um, and then, I don't know, so after after that, I was like, I got to give some pet names to the to the neighborhood uh, homeless guys here in my neighborhood in L.A. to sort of humanize them. Right. So. 
By the way, uh, you know. I, I love that. Uh, and, but I, I do like that uh, the guy, the homeless guy you grew up with is James. Yeah, James, that's nice. He's, he's not named after Bruce Springsteen's song. <laughs> no, or, uh, yeah. But I, when you guys yeah, see dancing. Dancing, you know, this guy dancing in the dark, his nickname is because he literally stands in the alley by my, my place where I live where he faces the wall and he's got like a 1988 era Walkman where he's like got the big fuzzy sort of earbuds mm-hmm. and he dances and he's just dancing to the dancing to the wall. Like there's not right. a chair in the wall. And, and do you and your daughter go do the Courtney Cox dance? The greatest is if one day you go back there and he's wearing, he's wearing like the white shirt with the sleeves rolled up. Feeling the same way. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, you guys, I love that. I need to start naming homeless people. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any in my. I have them in my neighborhood, but I don't have like one that I well, see every day. I took kind of a wrong turn into Skid Row today. Um, which no, I was downtown not. Which Skid Row? yeah, downtown Skid Row. I was. I was just. Uh, I was. I've been riding my Vespa around, just like look, because it's a great time to check out the city. I mean, like yeah. I, I'm learning so much about uh, Los Angeles. And, uh, and I, there's this, um, like jogging path that I was checking out over by Chinatown and I just sort of accidentally sort of turned into you, you're, you're in the arts district one second and then mm. you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're in fucking, um, a border town the next, <laughs> you know what I mean? With Matt, oh, Ma- yeah, yeah, Master yeah, Blaster. But over. what it realizes is like, I can't listen to people complaining about this because like if you think it's bad that you have to stay in your hancock park apartment dude (laughs) and they are they are not practicing social distancing down there sure and it was like it was fucking hostile and people were were like is there a testing site down there no i mean i i don't i i just i think they're trying to keep it contained i mean it was really but there's got to be a part of the government california that's just like let's just fucking let them get it well, yeah well this is you know the thing they don't know what the fuck to do about the homeless population they don't know what to do that's they well, just don't. No, they, they're trying to put them in hotels. They're commandeering hotels. And then there's that. There's a. There's a trailer. They put a bunch of uh, like FEMA trailers in, um, or like FEMA like trailers over by Dockweiler Beach. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh right, yeah. I've I've heard Dockweiler's just getting. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a good place for them. But um, it's uh, it, how are you feeling about uh, uh, Georgia's human sacrifice experiment? <laughs> Well, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's the whole country sacrifice right now. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, like, to, to, like it's unbelievable to me. It's um, it's pretty fucking dark. I I because I kind of sort of predicted this. I was just like, I, I have a couple of mixed views about this, so I'll be interested to hear what yours are. Um, but like, <laughs> it's. I was literally like, this fucking guy in in Georgia's out of his fucking mind. What, you, Kemp. Yeah, I mean, Trump is obviously an instigator of this, too. I mean, mm-hmm. this whole idea that it's not a big deal from the jump, it just gets everybody, you know, in these protests. I mean, I think they're, they, they just let out this new projection of, of cases that's, like, really grim. I mean, I think it's going to be, like, double that. I mean, oh, one, I heard saw uh, it's, just gonna be, it's just going to be a fucking disaster. But also, I mean, they said it could be anywhere between 100 and 200. 250. So, which is weird because they're like, it could be anywhere between 100 and 200. And then they're like, oh, good news. It might be uh, 50 or 60. Right. Oh, then let's reopen. It's like, 
Why would you do that when you were originally projecting 100 and 200? Yeah. You knew it was bad. But but now I'm now I'm starting to get a better picture of what this is going to look like and the number the numbers are just going to start rising. I think it's going to be even more than 250. And this initial idea of like Trump's idea of like let's just let it wash through. <laughs> yeah. The the economy is going to start opening. Like there's not there's not going to be any like back to your house. It's like literally now as it's like it's almost like we built up to the reality. We emotionally prepared for the reality. Huh. It's like you're going to have your mask. You're going to social distance. Like right. bars are probably not going to be open, but like shit's just going to start opening, and that body count is just going to start skyrocketing. Well, and I, yeah, no, it's true. And then when it does, I, I get it's like, what will it take for you to fucking get your head out of your ass? Well, I, I, I nothing. Well, I, I guess well, yeah, I, nothing. Well, I mean, again, it's like it's. I, don't, I mean, again, like it's sort of like it's really alarming. It's sort of like. Glad I've started like doing at home workouts to lose a couple pounds because there is a sense where it's just like oh shit I guess I guess they're just gonna let everyone's just gonna have they're just hoping that everyone gets this thing right and and survival of the fittest and good luck and, yeah and uh, I mean again like, no it's true I mean, other, again other, other than other than some other than some like total clowns in Orange County. Which, you know, Huntington Beach, which is like clown central, in my opinion, in Southern California. It's pretty redneck. Surf I mean, it's, yeah, it's like... Yeah, I didn't uh, know it. I didn't realize that. that. No, it's Surf City. It's just a, it's just a bunch of joke, j- jokers. Mm. I, mean, I, I, I mean, look, here's the, thing, here's the thing I always say. Here's the thing I've always said about the beaches in California. It's like... And, I, like, and, I've, and I've heard this from some really liberal guys out here, too. It's like, the reason we pay such high taxes... And we like it's the beach, right? It's like the reason when you were living down in Venice and you paid like triple, triple the amount for the spirit molecule. It's like there's something like the beach is like ours, and it's everybody who lives in California. And I get it. You know, I think from the get go, if they have been very clear, like yes, you should, you feel free to go to the beach mm-hmm. and like take a walk and take a walk, but don't sit and don't like you know lie around. Like I think I'd like the rules been a little bit clearer, we wouldn't be seeing all of this anger. But again, like, there's not that much anger. Most most Californians agree with the shelter in place. They're happy to sort of stay home. Um, and like, I, and I've heard from like rich Republican friends of mine, I stress the word rich, and this is where it's so insane to me, say things like, well, you have people who are being ordered to stay home and aren't like getting any money and they don't have any money, and um, so they have a right to be angry. And I said to him, I wrote back this one guy, I said, well, did you get a PPE loan? Because I know you mm-hmm. own a business. You're also a millionaire. So wh- 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 why do you care all of a sudden about, like, you know, Jane and, and Tom, who, who uh, like, understandably can't live on $2,400 if <laughs> they have kids right. for eight or nine weeks? Like what? What do you need them back? The reason the rich people need these these, these quote unquote like small reach these businesses to open is because all of the workers, all the people who are getting sick and who are dying, prop up the facade of the American economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we're like what we're, our response to COVID nineteen is our same response to gun violence. Like there's a there's a there's a lot of money there's a lot of dark money that funds a lot of fringe groups and the fringe groups then tell all the people who are suffering the most that you know right now it's not Trump it's your local governments are taking away your freedoms 
Mm-hmm. Like you should be able to go to a Fuddruckers. You should be able to go to Cheesecake Factory. Um, and 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 and, they're, and you're going to get sick. Like, come on. Like, it's just the flu. And these people believe that shit because they're angry already. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's like, and I and I and it just drives me nuts because. Um, then we're just going to hear a lot of thoughts and prayers and like, oh, it's too bad that like, you know, one out of every like three African-Americans is dying in Georgia uh, because they reopened up bowling alleys. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and then we'll just carry on because, and, 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 and we're going to look at like the death. I mean, the, the, the stuff that I read today was that we're going to start looking at 3000 people die a day yeah. starting in June. Right. And then they're also talking about a hundred to two hundred thousand people getting sick a day. Yeah. Um, and that to me is crazy. And right. um, and then what the fuck are we supposed but, to do but in Nick, California? But Nick, I, Nick, we got to get our economy up and running. <laughs> <laughs> these guys, it's yeah. like you can't tell, but that's the thing. Like you listen to these guys, like Hannity and Tucker Carlson. You, the body count means nothing to them. It means nothing to Trump. It's yeah. it's all about basically. It's just going to be we. The, the, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're we're going into like some grim fucking some grim. Days no, that's no, no, I know. It's, no, it's going to be grim, but it's going to be grim across the board because what what what, what worries me is that what this is actually going to do is sort of like it's actually going to bring about what you were talking about over the last couple of episodes that I've dropped in. To, to, to good boy with you guys is that, um, is that this is going to push things closer to anarchy. Yeah. You're going to start seeing like you're going to start seeing like like Texas for example. Texas was doing pretty well because it's a lot of land and a lot of space. Hmm. Now they're opening and they're starting to hit a thousand new confirmed cases a day. Right. So like it was like a week ago, like a week ago or ten days ago. It was like we're doing fine down the Lone Star yeah. State. Yeah, we're great. Yeah, we're, we're ready to go. I yeah, know numbers no, are low. <laughs> no, they were far behind us. You looked at California, looked how many cases there were in California. And like I feel like the whole state of Texas uh, had almost the same amount of cases as just Los Angeles County alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like sitting pretty. But now, like as a state, they're only about, I don't know, 15,000 cases behind us right now. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. So for me, it's sort of like, I'm like, I, I, like for me, it's like I have kept, worked very hard, uh, much to my own stress. Uh, you know, my wife and I fight every day. My <laughs> kids are going crazy. And we've all sort of like stuck it out. So I'm sort of like in all California right now, sort of just like, we just got to stick it. We can just stick it out for four more weeks. I do think that there's an opportunity for things to start to decline here in California in June. And then you mm. look around at the rest of the country because everything is going to go to shit. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be no economy because they're going to have to close things again. Because I think the death toll, I think these hospitals in some of these states are going to be overwhelmed well, that's faster the, than they realize. Yeah. But it's good that because I got my I got tested today up at Dodger Stadium and the line was insanely long of cars. And I, it's good because now if people know they have it now people will fucking wake up and stay at home yeah it's like fuck i have this thing yeah well shit i guess i'm gonna hunker down now but then you also have these idiots it's like well why well, got it but i don't feel anything so you know you, you know the, but i also but see, i guess knowing that you have so, i don't know if you can if you can be that savage to know that you have it and you're gonna go out and do shit yeah i mean i know people are fucked up but like 
that's a new level. Well, this is the the new the new normal. By the way, and by the way, I, I feel like Wolf Blitzer's trying to make the Guinness Book of World Records for uh, the saying the phrase "grim milestone." Does he say it? I mean, he's just like <laughs> I feel like that's like his life's goal to be like the <laughs> the the man who says "grim milestone" the most in his career. That's such but, a Blitzer um, line. No, it's because uh, we were talking about how it's it's more of a sagity than a tragedy. Like nine eleven was a tragedy. It was mm. like the shock. This is a sagity. It's like because it's it's really going affecting the elderly, the underlying conditions, and um, uh, the uh, sort of disenfranchised, and as we're seeing minority groups who didn't have the access to uh, even yeah. things as uh, like these um, food oasis or whatever you want to call it, the, where they, they don't even have access to healthy food, so they're at a disadvantage and stuff like that. It's um, it's just going to get sad because like people, the the hopeless. Are, are the helpless are just going to kind of start dying off, mm. but people are going to be moving forward with this sort of just like grim, like fuck it mentality. And it's gonna, I was joking about Mad Max and a uh, border town and skid row, but like, I just see a version where it's going to be like weird, like backyard bars popping up and people just saying like, fuck it. And like, you know, moving kind of like moving off grid and starting like weird, like it's almost going to be like the leftovers, kind of. Like it's going <laughs> to. Well, there's, there's going to. There's it, a, it, yes, no. There's a version of that. There's also a version. Very. Of like, there's also a version. There's also, but here's the one thing. But here's the one thing that like that Sean Hannity's and the Tucker Carlson's, I think, and the Mitch McConnell's and the Donald Trumps are 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 underestimating in like a big way. Uh, like if the if the gamble is let's open the economy because. We can't have all of our rich benefactors go through the windshield, so to speak, as like the economy really starts to fall apart here. Um, but like, there's a world where I see a lot of like all these people you're talking about who can't access their, who, you know, have no access to healthcare, who live like five five people to a two-bedroom apartment and they're still each of them is still paying 30% of their income for this apartment start to look around and be like you know what fuck this like the system's not fair and you know it becomes like a Mad Max kind of a revolution yeah um, where where people just go like fuck it like and start and start burning things down yeah um, no there's yeah like, you know, I, 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 I agree with that. I, well, I mean, the, it's going to also be like with the housing, but also like access to good, adequate health care. And if you look at sort of the, the minority uh, groups that are getting hit the hardest with it, that, that sort of uh, resentment, you know, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going it, to, it's going to get, it's going to get pretty, it's going to get pretty, well, it's, it's going to get well, bleak. It's but, here, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's all, and it, but it's so, it's so like, it's like, the, the, it's so, it's so clear, like, um, and shocking to me. So a company like Nike basically, you know, says, I won't even use Nike. I'll, I'll, I, there's a company that I know, uh, I can't name it because I'll get in trouble. But I know a company, a, 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 you know, a fine, a, fine, a fine retailer who basically, they basically, they, they basically were like, we're going to pay all the rents for all of our North American stores for the month of April. We're going to do that solid. We're going we're gonna to pay that rent all of April because that's the solid that we're doing this is a company with incredible profits but now it's now it was but you know a couple weeks ago they started looking at May and then they bring in all their high priced lawyers to start playing hardball with their landlords to sort of be like look 
we're not going to pay full full freight in May. We need to renegotiate our leases, blah, blah, blah. In the middle of like multi-year lease contracts. And then I think about like all the people that live in, live in the building that I live in. And, you know, when this whole thing started, like everyone got a note from the, from the, from the landlord being like, Hey, look, we, you don't have to pay your rent, but you have to make up a new deal to pay it off when things get back online. But I've read stories about how some landlords were using um, their tenants' social security numbers to check on when they got their stimulus checks. And like, I'm fortunate enough that like, I didn't, I don't qualify for a stimulus check and I can, and I'm not in any risk of not being able to pay my rent. But I have to say, it's shocking to me that most people who can't afford their rent are basically being dictated to by their landlords while richer tenants who can absolutely afford their rents are the ones dictating terms to their landlords. It's yeah. completely hmm. fucking backwards. And that's the ingredients for the revolution. Here. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing is that I guess the next thing is just going to be like, look, if you can't afford rent, like you got to move home. Like you got to go, you got to figure it out. And that's where, you know, it starts to turn into the depression where, (laughs) you know, people are, are living or, you know, living. And, but this is the whole problem is like, then you're bringing the disease into this. I mean, yeah, we're (laughs) staring down a shit tunnel. But if you, Uh, if you get tested and you know, and you don't have it, mm -hmm. see, I I might play devil's advocate here and think that there's not going to be a Mad Max or or whatever. That's possible. Border town. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no, no, I'm, because uh, no, don't forget this is three like, screenwriters talking. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, look, I'm trying to get an I'm trying to get an antibody test. Like I'm I'm quite sure that I don't. I mean, I, like again, I don't see anybody, so I'm not concerned about uh, having except it Moody or, Blues and Dancing in the Dark <laughs> and your other uh, yeah, no, homeless I, yeah, I see, I see people Moody, that Moody you Blues, Dancing in the Dark and Captain Jack. I, I, I usually uh, I usually observe them from a good <laughs> thirty feet away. <laughs> I love that it's all song. Yeah, I know that is yeah. great. Oh, that's so great! Well, but what well, about no, Megadeth? Yeah, well, have yeah. you uh, Megadeth? And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, really. No, no, there's something about there's something about quarantine where it's like I've actually like rediscovered a lot of musicians with like I have like love hate relationships with and like Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel. I think Bruce Springsteen particularly are at the top of the list. Where I was listening to Nebraska last night, and um, well, it's I, and all it's, of a sudden it's like I'm. I'm like having like a re like a re rediscovered love affair with Springsteen, where you're like I haven't listened to him with any frequency in maybe a decade, but in the last in the last like three weeks of quarantine, I just started like flipping to Springsteen, and then really got really got a little crazy and flipped over to little Captain Jack, Billy Joel. Oh yeah, uh, and I don't even know why. It's a nice nod because uh, because to- you're white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but it, you know, what I realized too, is like, there is a dark concept is like, um, the, this whole concept of the, it's spreading so wildly in prisons and meat, uh, packing plants, also meat packing plants and prisons filled with a lot of disenfranchised and minority groups. Mm. And of course, Trump ordering the, the, the stay, he basically did like a, uh, the production act, the defense production mm. act on meat packing. Plants, and they didn't go forcing people to work. No, but it's almost like he's like, they're like internment camps. Now. Oh yeah. But those people it's are like, like he, we're not going back yeah, to work. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. I mean, they're striking. Yeah. No, well, good they, for them. No, but, no, but this, is, yeah, yeah, this is another one of these, this is another one of these fucking insane 
stories where that Smithfield plant in South Dakota, where I think it was literally like a thousand workers at this one plant got sick. The first guy who got it, who was a super spreader, like he died, but his wife was telling like the local Tribune in South Dakota, whatever that, that paper, but she, her story was that everybody at the plant was told by management if you show up every day for work for the whole month of April, you're going to get a $500 bonus. Mm. And so for most of these guys, they're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, they're like, they'll just roll and, the and dice. They went, and they just went in sick. They just go in sick because, like, you know, the incentive is to keep working, and there's no incentive not to work because none of them have sick leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But by the way, whatever. Trump, Trump has passed. Okay. So he's been, he's been pushing stacks of chips in from the beginning. It, it's nothing. Oh, it's just going to be 50,000. We got a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. This is going to be, so this is the thing. All of these maggot cracker idiots are all just like, man, Trump said that uh, this is going to be done in a couple of weeks, man. We're going bowling, mm-hmm. you know, fuck this. Like, well, this is gonna be fine. Trump is no longer going to be able to. I mean, even last night he was like, "This could be a hundred thousand, but a hundred thousand in Trump numbers is two hundred fifty. That's just how he yeah, right. re- regurgitates the science. I think it's going to be even higher. He's going to reach a point where he, he can't. You can't play the game. You can't play the game anymore. And it's like I. I think there's two versions. I actually predict there's a version where he finds some shred of like humanity, and he's not going to be able to save anything. He's Ooh. just going to have to like shoot people straight and like do things that has nothing to do with getting reelected. Yeah, right. Although I think this will be past November, but, um, or he, this storyline very much, uh, has him, if we punch this into the Joseph Campbell, <laughs> this, this very much has him get catching coronavirus. Right. He, and he's traveling now. And the way he just like, doesn't can like doing all these things. Like mm-hmm. this storyline very much has him catching coronavirus and getting really sick. Yeah, totally. And on his McDonald's maybe, maybe, diet. Listen, listen, listen. If it's as rampant, if it's as rampant, I've also seen vitriol. I'm actually starting to see vitriol about him on Twitter. That like one guy, somebody said something which was quite inflammatory, and then the person responded like, uh, "You should expect a knock on the door from the FBI soon." Um, I, you know, I, there's a lot of fear. I mean, the, the thing that's so frustrating is is that Trump keeps downplaying the numbers, and it wasn't so bad. And then, um, and the problem is, is that um, people don't realize that he doesn't give a shit. Like the reason he's play, painting a rosy picture is because he knows he's been told that he's losing to Joe Biden in every state he needs to win. Mm-hmm. And um, and so now it's sort of like I think he's hoping for enough chaos. But I mean, the point that he, he just feels like if I can revive the economy a little bit that maybe I can save, save faith because it's like for him, he knows the only way he gets reelected is if the economy's okay. Well, the economy's shit and he's, and he's gonna, just going to make it worse. You know, he's just going to make it worse. All he does can is, you all believe though that he cares so much about getting reelected that if he had just done, he could just do a good job and, and leave a four-year term as with some semblance of dignity. I mean, it really is like I, I always thought he was just doing kind of what needed to do to stay in office, but you really do realize, I mean, this guy is not. I mean, he's <laughs> really a, a huge sack of mango diarrhea. <laughs> but also, and all he no, does is ta- all he does know, is talk about him and his fucking... First of all, I don't think he has any dignity. 
Um, he's got no leadership. He's got no like. He's got no leadership skills. And I do think like the most, the darkest thing about this is that the people who love him the most are going to start dying in rather yeah. significant mm. numbers. Yeah, that's true. And that to me is, and that to me is like the sad. I mean, the saddest thing. I mean, most African Americans knew how bad it was going to be when he got elected. They just knew. There's just a collective, and you can you've seen that in why the African American voting bloc has gotten behind Biden in such massive collective numbers because they're like another fucking four years of Trump, and we are really fucked. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like dumb, college, you know, white guys without college degrees who love this shit, who like cosplay as like commandos running around with like AR-15 straps. Yeah, right. Dude, that's, I did. President president totally loves me for doing this. By the way, I always understood the Second Amendment as the right to bear arms, which I I always took to be like, all right, you put a handgun on your waist if you're walking from your car to your house at night. I didn't realize that that stipulates uh, going to the governor's office with a fucking (laughs) AR-14. I, there's, I, 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 I don't believe that those AR-15s were loaded. I just don't. I, well, I mean, even uh, I was watching Hannity and even Han- – by the way, my – I watch every single – Well, it's I, nice I, to I mean, fucking cri- – yeah, you can't stay on one side. Christian Science Monitor to the insane conservatives to the, to the liberals to the to – the, where you basically – like CBS, ABC, you kind of get the most balance or Christian mm-hmm. Science Monitor if you want to read some of the more of like editorial stuff. Um, but uh, – it, these guys are insane, but even Hannity was like, guys, listen, the protest this weekend, I know everyone's going to go out and have a nice, some great protest, and I think it's going right. to be great. It's like, let's leave the guns at home. Well, it was actually a good move of him, because if there was this shooting, at least he can be like, yeah, see? Well, it was, yeah. I, I've been well, doing it. I've been saying doing, you, were, you, were, you were about to make a point. And we were, um, oh, all Trump does is talk about how he got the ventilators. Yeah, and he did. Which get he the, did. He, but no, but that's all it's, he's. It's all he's holding it, on to. It, and it's like the thing. It's not that he can't get the job done with the supplies and stuff like that. He's, he's totally effective in in, right. in mobilizing this. No one's going to fault him that. It really comes down to his bedside manner and also setting expectations of what people can expect. Mm. He's got everybody thinking it's not a big deal. So all his MAGA people are literally causing more deaths. So great, you can mobilize PPE and and emergency <laughs> no, relief stuff. But you. Good. It's it's a good thing you can do that because you're personally responsible for ticking up the death toll. Well, it's like what David Cross said about how George W. Bush responded to 9/11. It's like, of course you're gonna do. Of course you're gonna attack Afghanistan. Right. Nader would attack <laughs> Afghanistan. Like you're doing the job that we fucking elected you to do. But you got to do more than just get ventilators. Like you got the ventilators and great. Right. Now, okay. Now what? Yeah. Now you got to figure out how to fucking get the 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 cases down. Dude. All he does is he talks about his fucking ventilators, and it's like, yeah, dude, good on you, but th- now you've got to move to phase two of how can we fucking slow this spread a little bit, right? And it's not by well, opening, not, it's well, not no, by opening not, up nail salons. Again, no, like the problem is, like, again, the problem <laughs> that's is like, demented. Okay, <laughs> I mean, like we sort, we, this is no what's demented about all this is that like, I, like. The significant problem is, is that most Americans, and I will admit, even though I worked at the CDC, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't completely understand models and predictions and how all of that worked, but how they're like sort of like they're fungible. That it's just that it's a it's a prediction. It's like gambling. You know, you take all the data you have and, and you hope you make the right guess. And most Americans, particularly the President of the United States 
don't understand that. So he says, "Oh, it's sixty thousand. We're not. We're not, you know because there was one model that said we were originally it was going to be two hundred and forty. Then this one model came out and it's sixty. Now it's going to be worse than that. We are doing. The problem is that we don't even know what's saying is we're doing worse right now than the worst forecast." had predicted us doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in California, even in California, where, again, like, the, we have me. maintained, uh, we, we aren't growing exponentially, and in some places in the state, it's completely gone. But we're still, we still, we still, like, the most conservative model, the number of people predicted to be dead in California, we've already blown by that. Right. No, today, um, today was now, a very apocalyptic vibe because I've never been... The, I've never been like when you're when you're driving to Dodger Stadium for a Dodger game. There's a line of cars. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've ever been in my in a line of cars, and there's like tents giving out tests. Right. It was very apocalyptic. If the apocalypse still allows you to listen to Howard Stern <laughs> while you're waiting for your test, <laughs> but it was uh, it was a very like I was like oh wow this is like it's not the apocalypse but it, it had an apocalyptic vibe to it. Yeah. And you oh, swab and, oh, the shit out of your mouth. By and, the way, the weather getting hotter. I mean, hopefully that uh, the sunlight gets into people's bodies oh, yeah, and no, with that. Yeah. But the the hot weather in LA is just not helping. It's going to get so Well, it's just it's this it's gonna week it's going to get another heat wave this week. No, so <laughs> so yeah, so go outside and open your mouth and just stare at the sun and you'll fucking yeah. kill girl. No, it's going to be no, it's gonna be 100 degrees. Over hundred degrees on Thursday, man. Yeah. But then, but then, it, but then it's just a heat wave because we're back to seventies next week. So, yeah. Um, uh, what I've been doing though is just focusing on on, on LA news. I, I, I yeah. still watch CNN just to see what, just to like check in. But if you just just watch your local news, it'll. I think it'll. It's good for the soul. Well, no, because all once that new CDC report came out about these new projections, all CNN does is, oh, is run that. Over. And then if you go to Fox News, there's not a mention of it. It's just about the Comey shit. It's like it's so crazy how literally you can't get any kind of uh, you got to go back and forth and you got to find some more down the middle like local news. What do you think the news. news would be like if Bush was the president right now? Well, so George Bush sent out this huge heartfelt b- b- bipartisan thing. It was actually right. I actually found it to be pretty touching and, and and I mean it basically came off like a that that rideshare commercial or like every other like oh the Uber it had like that yeah, whole right. like in this new normal right. like it was basically like George Bush's like <laughs> commercial for for uh, his paintings or whatever he's right. trying to do but um it like a Trump immediately attacked it no I saw yeah, that yeah it's just but like, if I, Bush was the president because he his bedside manner was obviously better well if tr- that's what people want Trump to do they want him to do something that like can like make people feel at least yeah, better about the situation because right, right. Bush Trump does nothing of the sort. No, he makes it scary. Yeah, but here's the whole, the whole, the whole thing. Here's the whole thing with Bush, and this is also like my single biggest problem with like America in general, the death of expertise, and like a collect and just a collective amnesia of Americans. Like Bush does something nice. And, and he's trying to do what the current president won't do, which is unify the country. The reason there's so much chaos is we are not, like, like when 9-11 happened, everybody was a New Yorker. I mean, New York, New York is having, New York is, New York is losing, uh, like, it was like a, it, it, it was amazing to me the other day when they were like, for the first time in a month, like, only 290 people died. We're below 300 for the first time in, a, you know, mm-hmm. the whole country got behind the whole country got behind New York. And then, 
Bush made some tremendously massive mistakes, and Iraq was a huge one. But you have all these people suddenly being like, oh, I don't even want you to be in my mentions. And everyone's like, this guy's a war criminal. And I'm like, okay, guys, everyone take a collective breath. <laughs> like, if everybody, like, everyone is, got, everyone, is, and, and I'll get fucking crushed. People will be like, he killed so many people. Yeah, he did. You know what? He did. And that's, and I'm sorry, but that's like, yeah, like, he was the president and he was exposed. And when was he exposed? Like, Bush was exposed when the city of New Orleans, like, went underwater in, a, in sort of, again, a completely unpredictable kind of a situation, a hurricane. But Bush also warned of pandemics when he was a president. And he said, if it gets to your shores, it's already too late. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but again, I remember when, I remember when, um, Katrina hit because I had actually been. I was in New Orleans. Yeah, we were um, filming Treme. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, down there filming Treme, and then I left like a day before the hurricane hit, or two days, or whatever. And I remember getting back to LA and turning on the news, and like the city was underwater, and 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 Bush was terrible, and they, they didn't expect it. And then what happened? Like there was a shoot, like the like the 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 autopsy on that hurricane exposed New Orleans as a city uh, where the poverty was rampant. You had you had people who didn't even have telephones in their homes drowning, and 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 it exposed America. And now you have Katrina on a national level, where this whole country has been totally exposed. And you know, its history repeats itself, where you see Trump who's 10 times worse than Bush because Bush went down to New Orleans. There's that great story about how he was flying low over New Orleans and he was looking at Air Force One and he saw a fire and he freaked out. He goes, put that fire out, put that fire out. And everyone was looking at him like he was crazy, but he was not stupid. And at that moment he realized how badly he fucked up. Wait, Wait no, what? he found his humanity. He, he, and that's like, yeah. does that moment happen with Trump or does he just get coronavirus and die? Or, I mean, what how does the, this, how does it end happy for Trump? There's no way. I don't know. Or he just, he just, he just plows through everything like he has his whole life. Yeah. When he got like his dad's money right out of college. Uh, right. No, no, yeah. You know, how, you, know, I, you know how I, yeah, I think you're right. So, cause this is how I predict this is what's going to, here's what I predict is going to happen. He's going to get humiliated in this election. That much I'm sure of. I mean, I, I, can I see know it. people are like, oh, he's going to cheat or do anything. I'm like, nah, forget it. He's going to lose in a fucking landslide. He'll kick and scream, and he'll say it was rigged. But by that point, like, I think we're headed towards, like, a Joe McCarthy moment where somebody, maybe it's Mike Pence, I don't know, but finally says, like, at long last, like, have you no shame? Have you no decency? Right. Shut the fuck up. You lost. Get out. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't think, but, and then I think he comes back and I think he'll come back a year later with the TV, with the TV. Oh, station. of course he will. I read, you know, and, and, and so he, he, and he'll never, and he'll never say he was blamed. He'll never, he'll never say it was his fault. No. He'll never do like a Mia Culpa interview. No, never. And he'll like, die. Like, and like Bush, Bush has, Bush has great, Bush has Bush's great empathy because the guy the guy left office and he realized what a failure he was as a president. Right. And he and he's so racked with guilt over how many American soldiers 
got killed in Iraq. He went back to Texas and became a painter. Yeah. Oh, whoever, <laughs> whoever's, I, I, yeah. whoever's handling uh, W's public, uh, whoever his publicist is, is fucking crushing no, it. No, well, well, he <laughs> see that's the thing is he knew he was a failure in office, and I'm sure he's dedicated the yeah. rest of his life to yeah. make sure that he's actually maintained some dignity. Because I agree that he's not a monster. I mean, no, I mean he, he made did, some dirty he did, political he did, decisions. He did do 9-11, but, uh, but I think that was more his dad. That was more his dad. He, did some, uh, he had some dirty political he, yeah, moves, he did for some sure. Dirty moves, but you don't get the sense that he's a bad guy. But, so we've been painting a lot of sort of weird pictures like you and your daughter going around and naming um, homeless people after Billy Joel songs and stuff <laughs> like that. And these are some of the you know, more lighthearted things of the coronavirus. Mm. I was watching... I don't know how, like, they were hard up for guests or something, but they pulled fucking Carson Daly out of the, back from the dead. Wow, for what? And they had him on, I don't know, it was like some, like, one of those Rachel Maddow stupid uh, shows, and they're like, you know, how are you getting through it? It's like, first of all, he's in L.A., <laughs> yeah, but he's right. like, oh, we, I, make, um, I make a fire every night with my family. Huh. And he's like, we're all very religious, so, you know, we watch Mass, and, wow. and we listen to a ton of Bob Marley. So I like, mean, so if, have I, if I you, have if you just need a weird, like COVID, uh, weird COVID visual, Carson Daly just by the fire, cranking Bob Marley, watching televangelists with wow. his family, like that. That's almost like a fucking. Um, it's like a Gregory Crudson fucking photograph or something. <laughs> like, I mean, that is like that's an art installation. Wow, Carson Daly. That's <laughs> again talk about because he he probably looked at his life because I mean he was such a like a tool in the late nineties with TRL. Right. Everyone was just like this fucking guy. Yeah. And I think he was like maybe dating Britney Spears or so, something. He was so, yeah. he was jo- he was Johnny Pop culture. Yeah. And he, I like how he's handling like his later years. He, yeah. He found God of Mike Lindell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. He got a my pillow. Yeah. He. It, and just like just cranking Bob, Marley but also he's also uh, on The Voice, and he's like help like when the families are watching. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's the host of The Voice. Oh, okay. So they I, have I the judges. He had just completely disappeared. Oh no, I mean he's still he's still in it. He's yeah. still in the game. But yeah. so they have the judges on The Voice, and then he's behind the scenes with the families watching their oh gotcha. kids sing. Yeah, but but he's there like comforting them and, and celebrating with them. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm 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 on Team Carson now. Because when yeah. I went in the mid, late 90s, I was like, get this guy out of here. Right. Look, I like, he was like the this only, weird guy, role. He just, he just grew like, up. He grew up. I, I, yeah, he grew up. Good for him. You know who needs to grow up is fucking Chris Cuomo. I hate that guy. Oh, yeah. Um, By the way, <laughs> you, you, you called into the right podcast. We he is not a uh, he yeah, is no. not looked on. He's not a camper yeah. or a counselor. He's in fact he's got he got denied from camp. Yeah, he, that guy. First of all, you're. <laughs> I mean, we've we've fucking we've torn this guy to fucking. Nah, I know. I don't even know what else we need to even do for him. <laughs> yeah, Nick, what do you got? You got any new uh, touch points on uh, Fredo Cuomo? Oh my god, no, he's just the worst. I, I literally, like, I mean, I literally, I don't watch CNN because I can't stand him. Oh, he's I mean, like, running, up, yeah. running out of his quarantine basement in Southampton. Mm. I'm like, how out of touch do you have to be? And then yeah, right. Yeah, right, right, right. I find him to be absurd. I yeah. mean, I really do, I, I really do hope that, like, people don't forget, like, how shitty people are just revealing themselves to be completely shitty and out of touch when this is all over. And he's like on the top of my list. Yeah, The Basement was such a bad move. It's like, dude, you should have, if you're going to do it at your house, build like a CNN studio so that you still look like you're fucking presenting the news. You're in this, and you're in this gorgeous basement yeah and then yeah he comes upstairs it's like oh look his house is even nicer upstairs yeah like like some kind of weird like <laughs> wes anderson set with a newscaster yeah, I, I don't know like he should have oh my god no it's like, i'm gonna write how many takes i want to know how many takes he did 
when he finally was like, okay, this is the one we're going to use. Um, <laughs> like, I'm running out. I'm out of quarantine. What a shitbag. I mean, yeah. like, even Piers Morgan, even Piers Morgan, who on the surface you're like, is a shitbag, is handling his coronavirus uh, with more with more class. He's just not going on TV. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, I didn't see Trump. Uh, I fucking can't stand Piers Morgan, but that when he laid into Trump, that was the first time I've ever liked him. And right. I, Trump didn't be like, oh, look at this loser at Piers Morgan, uh, blah, blah. He didn't, like, tweet about him because I think Trump probably saw this. Like, what am I going to come back to this guy for? Yeah. He basically, like, you got called out and he just let it, he moved on. Well, this is the thing. You know, I was actually wondering because I don't know if you remember when Trump was straight with everyone. He's like, it was almost like he, he had kind of like, he was, I think he was shocked. And he was like, we're looking at like uh, June, June to, or August, or like this could go to August. And then he realized that people didn't want to hear that. And then he started getting crazy. Right. But it's, it's almost like, I don't know, I almost saw a glimmer there of him. That was like four podcasts ago. Yeah. Because I think I saw it too, and then he, then he took a hard no, left. No, he took a hard left because they, he didn't, he ha- I guess if you know when he wants to get reelected, he's got to. And you see Pence, person. and I mean, Pence. I'm sure Pence is an evil motherfucker, but God, he presents himself like he—he's—he's like he's got a more calming presence. He deals with the press in a much more like mature manner. He, he's probably the biggest sociopath of them all. I'm I mean, sure he is. Yeah. Well, that's see, that's the that's and but that's see, the whole thing what, about Trump. This is what freaks me out, though. Is uh, this is why I think like you know Trump could get coronavirus because I think the shit's everywhere. I I don't think it's a matter of getting. I think it's a matter of you probably have it and you're not. You have you're asymptomatic, which is what testing will be good for but uh you know like uh um uh the uh, nancy pelosi it's like she's on a plane and she's talking about she's like and everybody was wearing their their face masks and it's like you you really think your vineyard vines fucking (laughs) face covering is gonna like prevent you from (laughs) catching the coronavirus if it wants to get you well i got i was on the the 101 today and and you're driving around and there wasn't traffic but there were a lot of cars there and i'm like this is fucking why there's cases everywhere yeah like, obviously, I'm out there too, but I'm going to get tested. But I'm not everybody on the highway is going to get tested. I'm just driving. I'm like, what the fuck? No, that's the thing. See, three weeks ago there was no traffic, but traffic is starting to come back, yeah. meaning that people are starting to just figure out ways to like open their office and do some work and stuff. People no, are I moving mean, yeah. around again. Yeah. So this is the thing. I almost feel like it was from the jump. It's like, all right, you want to stop that initial surge, that initial hospital surge, and and allow them to produce the ventilators and mm. produce the PPE and produce the testing kits and all of that. But it really was more of an emotional preparedness to build up to the inevitable, which is this thing fucking just runs rampant and mm. the, the death toll fucking skyrockets and it just gets just Well, if my, if, I mean, if my test comes back positive, you know. Yeah, well. If I'm asymptomatic, I'm just chilling. Yeah. No, you're just chilling. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I was wondering. I mean, I mean it's not good for you because you're here right um, now, <laughs> But I mean, I, I mean, if you had the coronavirus, I mean, I think I'd still come do the podcast because I mean, we socially distance. And, and mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, but again, I just don't. I don't know. I think that the, the whole thing was more of just a gradual buildup so people can accept the inevitable, mm-hmm. which is the shit show that reality is about to right. really become. Because I, I truly believe that people are like with light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think we've reached the tunnel yet. I guess yeah, we're... I don't think we're in the tunnel. I don't know. We're not in the tunnel, and we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, look, again, it doesn't matter if it was like a Democrat or Republican who was president during this. I mean, the U.S. is going to face the worst recession of any of our lifetimes, mm-hmm. any of our, even worse than 2008 because of this coronavirus. But it is a fact 
that we could have suffered one tenth the fatalities with like a no, if we had like a no nonsense, no cheerleading president who really said, you know what, fuck. Like, I mean, because at the end of the day, like, if Trump, if Trump did the right thing and said everybody shut down, you know, he might, you know, it would come. I, we, we, I, I, I gotta put. Come September, he might have looked around and said, you know what, guys, I know. We're broke. We're in the depression. We're screwed. But guess what? Like, we haven't lost. Right. We haven't lost a hundred. I mean, two hundred and forty thousand people. We had to. I mean, South Korea did it. And I also, what I also don't want to hear. What I'm also getting tired of hearing about America in America is places like New Zealand and South Korea and Australia. Like, oh, they they're like they have much smaller populations. Yeah, they do. They all did the same thing. Like mm-hmm. this is sort of like gun control. This is sort of like gun control. You can actually you. They know how to fix this. Then you stay inside. I mean, we missed our opportunity. We missed the opportunity because we they didn't want to prepare for a pandemic. So you didn't yeah. have any. You didn't have testing, and you didn't have contact tracing. So you couldn't isolate people who got sick. And now we're in this mitigation period. And if you don't see it through. It's going to come back, and it will come back worse. And it's really, it's just, it's depressing. But here, we talked about this on a few podcasts ago, is that when you don't have any cases, look at look at America, we have all these cases, and people are still fucking going out. Mm-hmm. So when you have no cases, if you say, shut down, stay inside, people are going to be like, what? Yeah. Uh, like, no, I'm going to go do my thing. You know what it is? You know what we're in? A pickle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are in a little bit of yeah, a pickle. No, 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 it's gotten, no, it's gotten, no, it's gotten to the big whole, pickle. Like, this really is the like big, a big, pickle. a huge, thick dill. Yeah, uh, yeah, just the, know, we're the big, the, the big pickle. That's what I'm going to start it's calling the coronavirus. Yeah, now. we're in a bit of a pickle. The big pickle. The big pickle. <laughs> but that's the, that's the <laughs> problem. You it, you can't shut down with zero cases. We've talked about this. Yeah, no, it's gotten to the fucking point that Carnival Cruise Lines is going to start shipping out in August. I'm thinking I'm going to get on one of those cruises. Yeah, should we? Fuck it. By the well, no, it's okay. No, no, this is the thing. The fuck it mentality is kicking in, and the numbers are going to start going up. And the horror story—that's what I was saying. Like this, this isn't the nightmare. We haven't even gone to sleep yet. Mm. The nightmare is going to happen, and everyone's just going to be the fuck it is going to have kicked in. And all the fucking—I mean, fuck it. It's just you're just going to be like, this is already too late. Let's go take a cruise. Let's all. But the but the testing, the amount of people that were at the testing site today, and I'm sure it's like that every day. Now you're just now you're gonna know because we we've been doing this whole thing where you stay inside and that's how you're not gonna catch it. Now if you know you have it, maybe people will just start fucking being like, okay, I'm gonna stay inside. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll see. We got like we we reached we had the first wave where we didn't have enough tests, and now we're gonna get the new wave of people getting tested and everybody knowing if they have it or not. Mm -hmm. And then you, I feel like you'll. People will just be more strict with their mitigation. Yeah. We'll I don't know. There were a that. lot of fucking cars up there today. Yeah. Well, it's a, everyone's there. They're all there to get their They're all there to get their Because look, if mine comes back positive, now I'm going to get uh, uh, my groceries delivered, obviously. Right. Um, well, because you want to be irresponsible. You don't want to shed your virus to, and kill old people. No, I don't. And, I, and if somebody, I just don't, I, I understand if somebody wants to go outside because they they like oh, I don't I don't have it I I'm, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. If you fucking get that po- that positive test and you're still going out, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I understand people in Florida going out cuz they don't think they have it. True, true, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean I don't want to have it, but I don't have it, but still like Right. 
Oh man, what a hey. fucking disaster! What a pickle! What a, it's a pickle! It's a, well, uh, well. Uh, speaking of pickles, how much time we got left there, Phil? We got about two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> hey, Nick, you know what? Do you know what time it is? Uh, what's it? Six <laughs> thirty. That's right, folks. It's the Camp Good Boy Shout Out Hour. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Gonna give some Instagram shout outs. Um, hey, shout out Patrick Hughes. Hey, shout out, buddy. One of the best best director out there. And by the way, one of the earliest listeners of Camp Good Boy. Yeah, he's been with us for a while now. Yep. He's uh he was uh he was kind of very complimentary of the early episodes. Yeah, and, and he's a great film director. Yeah. Uh you might know him from a film Hitman's Bodyguard, Expendables Three, Red Hill. Red Hill. Yep. And yeah. the soon-to-be-released Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. It'll written, be interesting to see how... Co-written uh, by your campers. Yours truly. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> counselors. It'll be interesting to see how that's going to... Uh... Written by your favorite counselors. <laughs> hey, shout-out uh, a good meme page, DL Toots. Hey, shout-out. Shout-out. Hey, shout-out, hey, loyal, shout shout loyal follower, Andy T143. Ah, uh, shout-out. I, shout di- I called her Ann Diet143, and yeah. she... She corrected me. Uh, hey, shout out Bro Rollies. Shout out. Shout out, guys. Shout hey, out. Shout out Elma Bees. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, shout out. Hey, shout out. This is a fun handle. Don't play with guns. Hey. If we could all yeah, <laughs> if we could just that. all just listen to that advice. <laughs> follow Don't Play With Guns. Uh, hey, shout out Mid King Steve. Shout out. Shout out. Ooh, uh, shout out. Hey, shout out Young Steve Zisu. Another good follower. Shout out. Um, shout out. And hey, shout out! Uh, I had some other ones here. Um, uh, girl from Roanoke, Danielle Leiser. Shout out! Shout out! Uh, thanks for supporting the page, shout guys. Thanks stay, for supporting the page. Stay safe out there. Nice. Well, uh, if anything, get out there while the weather's nice. Uh, take your family out and uh, name <laughs> name homeless people. While we're out here having fun. Yeah, please, please do so only if you're wearing a mask. So, yeah, fun on. quarantine game. Naming your naming your <laughs> local like homeless, homeless people after classic musicians. Yeah, I'm gonna have. Oh, <laughs> uh, here comes Jackson Brown. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna have to go into like tools catalog for some of the people walking around my <laughs> neighborhood. I got some dark Actually, characters. Speaking of Jackson Brown, did he make a full recovery? He had COVID. Yeah, it, it's also very sketchy. What there? I know there's some like you get some long term lung damage, and then also people are getting it again. And uh, you know, it's uh, you're still gonna want to listen to your CDC guidelines there, campers. And uh, <laughs> well, when I because you have to cough three times before you get tested before you do you swab your mouth, and I coughed really really hard, and it fucking I was, my lungs are crushed today. Dude, you might might have. Uh, <laughs> But I was uh, really yeah, like make yeah. they're like they're yeah, like make wa- it. And also, campers, please remember to wash your hands at all times. Yeah, you uh, might have party cove, but because <laughs> they're like cough really hard, right? And I was like, oh man, I don't know. Hey, if I have it next episode, you'll know if I have it. Hey, if I have corona, <laughs> I have corona. Oh yeah, next episode we'll get Phil's results. Phil's <laughs> yeah, results will be a result wait, party. <laughs> it'd be great if they could send them in an envelope and we could open them on live on oh, the show. That would be good. That'd be great. <laughs> So if my phone rings in the next three to four days, that means I have it. If right. I get an email, that means I don't have it. All right. So well, stay tuned next week. <laughs> but if I, ha- if, if I have it, it's not doing a fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel fine. Just my allergies have been flaring up. Right. Um, all so. right. Any, uh, any final, final thoughts? There's our CDC expert, Nick Scott. 
No, it's always good to it's always good to you know do some potting with you guys, and mm-hmm. I'll see you at Bar Zoom. Oh, you sure will. Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, I am like almost at being able to effortlessly drink a case of beer in a seven-hour sitting. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I'm almost there. I've been. Nice. I I made yeah. uh, some really good martinis last week. I thought I drank 15 on Saturday. I drank 16, and because we have a party Zoom on Saturdays, mm-hmm. and uh, it starts at four because we talk to our parents for an hour for cocktail hour, and then <clears throat> bar Zoom goes from um, five until about eleven. <laughs> and yeah, uh, right. And the first, but now I'm like pretty much like. I think I'll be, I think in the new normal, that my new normal is going to be drinking a case of beer anytime I uh, hang out. Well, I never, dr- I, I only drink when I go out. I don't mm-hmm. like drinking home alone. <clears throat> I hate when my voice cracks. Right. I don't like drinking when I'm home alone. But I think I might start Hitting doing puberty, it. You start to notice some. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, all, the other thing is, it's like, I don't, I'm not suffering from as significant of hangovers as I used to when I went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm asleep a little bit earlier. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing all the same things I usually do when I go out. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I go to sleep. I go to sleep earlier. And everyone, my kids are so bored uh, with the quarantine that everyone is sleeping past nine. And I realized that, like, the reason my hangovers were so bad since having kids is because they were always getting up before nine. But if I can wake up at, like, 9.15... Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I still got that old Nick Scott imperviousness to hangovers. <laughs> I'm just picturing that scene in Bad Lieutenant where Kaitel's just passed out on that, like, stranger's couch and the daughter comes up and is, like, poking him. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Great movie. Shout out to that movie. <laughs> yeah, good, good quarantine but movie. Also, but also... Good, good movie, good family film. No, I mean, I always, feel, I always feel bad when I'm drinking by myself, but I think I'm coming out of quarantine, I think I'm going to just keep doing that. Not, like, getting hammered, but, like... Oh, I can have a, a fucking beer. Yeah. Well, the good news is you got uh, probably staring down about four more months. Of <laughs> right. This. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I I don't I can't even imagine when a L.A. bar is going to open. It's going to be more like I got a buddy in uh, the basement in Echo Park, and he has a, a bar, and they don't. No one gives a fuck about Corona because young people don't give a fuck about Corona. My neighbors yeah, that are I mean, like no. younger, they she's always got people over there partying and stuff right. like that. Um, so it's just gonna, yeah, it should, should, just Hey, in these unprecedented hey, times, in these uncertain times, <laughs> no, now it's unprecedented, unprecedented, uh, it's a uh, fucking nut commercials needs to fucking chill. Yeah. It's so fucking these... annoying. Oh, oh, uh, uh, murder, murder warrant warrants or hornets. Oh yeah. Murder hornets. Murder, hor- mean, murder just, hornets ju- are here. Just when you th- thought things couldn't get weirder, <laughs> there's murder hornets. There's fucking like three inch <laughs> hornets. That... I read about them. They killed a bunch of bees up in Washington state and the bees all had their heads ripped off. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> We, these are uh, these are unprecedented <laughs> times, by the way. And it, it's also it's not just sad and tragic. It's also bizarre as fuck, considering that like this portion of it has been uh, bookended by Tiger King, and then the news that Nicolas Cage uh, is going to play him yep. in the it's going to be good series. I mean, these Very are excited. these are. I mean, at least you know the Great Depression didn't have no uh, pop culture. No, the, they didn't. That caliber. They didn't have that. They didn't have the new season of Billions either. Yeah. You just had like weird like uh, vaudeville fucking. They also didn't guys. have the Last Dance, which is really helpful. Yeah, shout out to the Last Dance. Wait, Nick, new season of Billions started last night. I know, I know. I, I mean, I'm very excited. I always like to give. I always like to give Billions like a two week lead time, three week lead time. Oh yeah. Because um, I, I like I like to watch like a couple back to back. Right, right. Uh, I'm ra- I, I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up. Uh, Ozark and oh, 
Mad Boss. Uh, Netflix, which is a good season, mm-hmm. season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm taking my time. I, I don't want to run out of things, so I've sort of like billions. Is, billions is next on the queue, though. Very excited. Are you watching The Last Dance? Yes, love it. It's, it's incredible. It's really good. It's really incredible. It's great. It's great. It just reminds me of just a happier time in my life. Yeah. Oh, the '90s. Then everyone was happy in the '90s. Yeah, no. Pandemics. Were there even any psychiatrists in the '90s? I feel like there was nothing to be sad about. Yeah, and '90s were pretty pretty cushy. All right, uh, all, right. all right, campers. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks hey, for tuning in. Thanks safe. to our CDC expert uh, Nick Scott. And I'll have my results. Stay safe. Nice. Waiting for your results. Talk to you later. Later, buddy.